Welcome to Soul Rio, a church where God is made center, families made stronger, and lives restored. Today's sermon is entitled, God's Gift of Life, presented by Pastor Floyd Silva on October 14th, 2018. I hope this morning that you woke up as you heard the rain showers and you saw the clouds in the sky. I hope that you woke up this morning reminded of the grace of God because we've been given a new day. Life is a precious gift from God and and, uh, every day is something that we should be thankful for because God has created us. God has given us an opportunity to to live this life and, and be a part of all the things that uh, he's given us. And as you get a little bit older, uh, I think you appreciate that a little bit more. Would you say amen to that? <laughs> All right, so, so youngsters, uh, younger generation, I- I'm kind of speaking towards you. And, and the older generation, I- I'm asking for the affirmation as I share a few of these things. But what I thought I'd do this morning is just start with a, a little bit of a guide, if you will. A guide to, to understanding and knowing how and when you start to get a little bit older, okay? So I'm gonna share a few things. You know you're getting older, when you get wise enough to watch your step and you realize that you're too tired to take a step, right? Amen? (laughs) So you get wise enough, but too tired. You know you're getting older when you stop growing upward and begin growing outward. It's called being on the level, right? The bubbles in the middle. You guys heard that one? Typical, right, when you get older. Uh, You know you're getting older when your doctor cautions you to slow down instead of the police, right? I thought that was a good one. Yeah. Slow down a little bit. You know you're getting older when you face temptations and you choose the one that gets you home earlier. <laughs> Isn't that true? Amen to that? <laughs> so the last one here is when you realize that caution is the only thing that you care to exercise. Right? <laughs> so that's how we know we're getting old. So young, younger generation, you, you know that when you're getting older. Me, I'm a 30-year-old living in a 29-year-old's body, just in case you're wondering. <laughs> I'm a Toys R Us kid. I'll say it till the end. I'll never grow up. So good deal. Well, growing old really is, is something that is just kind of hard to understand. My mom growing up always told me that it's hard to get old. You know, it hurts. A lot of things happen. Your body changes. Your, your mindset changes. And, and getting grow, get, going, growing old, it, you know, typically it isn't easy. Our bodies are going to decay. And, and uh, we know that we all have to eventually get old one day, even if we fight it. But this morning, as we look at this passage in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, if you would grab your Bibles, your iPhones, your iPads, whatever you use, there's Bibles under the chair there for you. If you don't have one this morning, you're welcome to use that. You can even mark in it and write in it. If You, you can take it home with you if you need to. Uh, that's a gift from us to you if you need one or if you know someone that needs one. Um, but the fact of the matter is that, that, that God has given us this precious gift that we call life. We, we were created by God. And, and a beautiful thing about life is that as we think about life and creation and everything that's going on around us from, from the animals to the plants to the, to the mountains, everything that has life, you think about our lives and the gift that it is. And, and the variable that we have to see as we look at the Genesis story and creation is that God has breathed life into you and I. See, we, we breathe God's breath. God has given us life, and and it's such a a precious gift. And the Bible has so much to say about life, so much to say about our bodies and and how they'll they'll grow old and and how our souls will live in eternity with God. There's just so much in the Bible about this life that God has given us. And as we look at the different passages, and as we look at our passage this morning, Paul is reminding us that there is a purpose 
for this life. There's a plan in this gift that God has given us that we call life. That for every person that God created, there is a purpose and there is a plan. But I think sometimes, sometimes we, we kind of lose sight of that, right? We, we get a little distracted. A lot of things go on around us. You know, the world seems to be hard and, and life gets tough. You know, cars break down, bodies break down, life breaks down. And we kind of lose sight of that, that purpose and that plan for, for life. And I think a big part of it is that, is that we lose sight of how precious this gift is of life. You know, these moments that we'll have here on this earth that are so brief, so small in comparison to a lot of things, in comparison to eternity, that we lose sight of how precious this gift is that God has given us. This morning, I want to start out um, in verses 17 through 19. See, the, the fact of the matter is that, that every person, every human being will live for eternity. The Bible teaches us that we have an eternal life to look towards, all right? The one variable is that as we, we, as we move in faith, as we move towards understanding and growing in our faith of God, our, our, our hope and the idea of what God teaches us, what Paul is talking about here in this chapter is that we'll move to eternity in the presence of God. And he says some very specific things that I think we really need to to pay attention to because when we understand that we will all live in eternity, that we will all move beyond this present life, that our bodies might fail us, but we will be given new bodies in the eternal life, we'll have a greater understanding of this purpose that God has set before us, this plan that God has for every person. And if you look at verses 17 through 19, I know they're familiar verses, but I want us to read them starting out just to kind of get the dialogue started. He says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. All this is from God, who through Christ reconciled us to himself and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. That is, in Christ, God was reconciling the world to himself, not counting their trespasses against them and entrusting us to us the message of reconciliation. See, there, there, there's a whole bunch of things that we can learn from this chapter that will help us understand that the gift of life is something that we should cherish and that we should use wisely. And I think that's an important part of it. Not only do we cherish it, but we use it wisely. See, the fact of the matter is that our lives matter to God. He created us on purpose. And they should matter to us. The way we live should matter to the world around us. Well, before we get into our main passages, will you pray with me? Father, we thank you so much for this morning. We thank you that we can wake up, we can breathe, that we can look to the heavens, look to the glory that surrounds us from creation, the mountains, the glorious day that we're or just been given as a gift, Father, this thing we call life. This morning, Father, as we open up your word, remind us and show us the things that you have for us, Father. Teach us how important this life is, not only to you, Father, but to us and those that are around us. Father, give us that joy that only comes through a life with you. Give us that hope that only comes through your son, Jesus Christ. And Father, as we open up this passage and as we look to the things that are written, Father, help us to understand that it's given by you for us. 
And we ask that you would speak to us this morning. Prepare our hearts. Help us to understand the things that you have for us, Father. Lord, we look to you and we do it all in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, let's read. I want to read the first nine verses of of 2 Corinthians chapter 5. And so you should already be there. So let's go ahead and read this together. Paul says, For we know that if the tent that is our earthly home is destroyed, we have a building from God, a house not made with hands, eternal in the heavens. For in this tent we groan, longing to put on our heavenly dwelling. If indeed by putting it on, we may not be found naked. For while we are still in this tent, we groan, being burdened, not that we would be unclothed, but that we would be further clothed, so that what is mortal may be swallowed up by life. He who has prepared, he who has prepared us for this very thing is God, who has given us the Spirit as a guarantee. So we are always of good courage. We know that while we are at home in the body, we are away from the Lord. For we walk by faith, not by sight. Yes, we are of good courage, and we would rather be away from the body and at home with the Lord. So whether we are at home or away, we make it our aim to please. For we must all appear for the judgment seat of Christ, so that each one may receive what is due for what he has done in the body, whether good or evil. I want to offer us a few things that will help us to live with God's purposes in mind for this life. The first thing that we see is that that we know that our time here on earth is limited. See, in the first two verses, he gets right to the point. We know that, he says, for we know that if the tent that is our earthly home is destroyed, we have a building from God, a house not made with hands, eternal in the heavens. For in this tent we groan, longing to put on our heavenly dwelling. And in chapter four, we read last week how, how we are these vessels, these fragile vases, these fragile vessels that God lives in and dwells in. And we understand the fragility of life, if that's even a word, big word, huh? that was pretty good. The fragility of life, I'm gonna use that a lot today. What do you think, Ray? Is that a good one? All right, good deal. How fragile life is and how, how special it is. But we also see what he says here is that, that, that we have a house not made with hands. It's eternal and it's in heaven. It's with, spent with the, in the presence of God. See, it's an understanding that, that our bodies will perish. Our bodies will grow old. And eventually, we will stop living here on earth. Our time is short. See, this is an important understanding of our faith. And this is what moves us to faith, if you will. See, we, we see the, the hopelessness of a life, the, 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 the brief moments that we get on this earth and, and we seek for something more. There's this, this emptiness inside of us that, that longs for something more. If you, if you look at verse two again, he says, in this tent we groan, longing to put on our heavenly dwelling. So what's beautiful about this passage here is Paul is preaching the gospel to the church. See, in this letter, the second letter, Paul is reminding them of the ministry that God has given Paul and the disciples. He's reminding them of some very specific things. And specifically here, he is preaching to them the gospel. The aspect of being reconciled to God. That there's a a variable there of, of brokenness that needs to be restored. And he's saying, hey, our bodies are temporal. This moment that we live is short but we long for the eternal. And I think that's what happens a lot of times in humanity, in, in, our, in our humanness, 
in this world is that, that we long for something, but we don't realize what we're longing for. So we seek to find pleasure in some of these temporal things and these momentary joys that we find. Our small group this last week, we talked about happiness and joy and what the difference was between the two. And the happiness is, is a moment of feeling good, but the joy the joy is, is an eternal, eternal moment that, that is only comes through a relationship with Jesus Christ. See, we realize in this life that, that death is knocking at our door and we can begin to live knowing that God has a purpose for our life. He's, he's offering us this gift of eternity in his presence. See, every person will live for eternity. It's just a matter of being reconciled to God, choosing to live in the presence of God, making a decision to accept this free gift, this offer of salvation that God has given to every person. You know, sadly enough, the burdens of this life will they'll wear down our bodies, they'll kind of beat us down, they'll, they'll break us a little bit, and, and there'll be moments when we want to just give up on life. We want to just kind of stop living, disconnect, and, and just say, God, you know, I just don't want to do this anymore. But see, there's a hope. There's an eternal hope that we look to. There's eternity that we have that's been given us. And that's why in 2 Corinthians 4, verses 16 and 17, he says, so we do not lose hope. We do not lose heart. Though our outer self is wasting away, our inner self is being renewed Day by day, God is restoring us. He's reconciling us for all of eternity. In verse 17, he says, for this light momentary affliction is preparing for us an eternal weight of glory beyond all comparison. Isn't that a beautiful passage there? Yeah, I, I don't know if, if you're going through an affliction right now, if you're going through a tough moment. I, I don't know if life is good or life is hard. You know, for some of us, it's great. For some of us, it's, it's super tough. But either way, that, that passage there, he reminds us, so this, this momentary, this, this brevity of life, this, this small little moment in time is in no comparison to this eternal weight of glory, this eternal time and, and presence felt with a God that created us, created us. It's beyond all comparison. It's, it's something that words can't describe. And it's something that God has given us as a gift. I wonder this morning, do you long for eternity? Is your mind and your heart focused on the eternal or is it focused on the temporal? Because I tell you what, when it's focused on, on the temporal, that's when we lose hope. That's, that's when we turn away from the hope of our salvation, the hope of eternal life. Because we're so focused on the here and now. And Paul is just reminding us, he's preaching the gospel, he's saying, focus on the eternal. Because for this temporary moment, this moment of affliction, there's this eternal glory, this eternal thing that, that just words can't describe. And it's a gift. James chapter 4 Verses 14 and 15. Listen to what he says here. He says, you do not know what tomorrow will bring. What is your life? For you are a mist that appears for a little time and then vanishes. He says, instead, you ought to say, if the Lord wills, 
We will live and do this or that. I want you to focus in on that last little verse there, what he says there. He says, you ought to say, if the Lord wills, we will live. And then he puts an and. And he says, do this or that. I don't know exactly the context of everything that this writer is saying that, but just from reading these two verses, the understanding is here is that, that, that we live on God's purposes. We live for God's will in our lives. And he says, we will live. God has given us life and we will do this or that. Whatever God wills in our lives. So because life is short. And he even asks the question, what, what is your life? What is your life? See, God is offering us a gift and it's the gift of reconciliation. And to understand the, the idea and the concept of reconciliation and there's assurance of that reconciliation, we have to understand that there is something that is broken. See, in this little life that we live, there was some brokenness that happened and in that brokenness, God sent his son, Jesus Christ, to reconcile us. He sent him so that he could restore us to him so that he can give us true life and life eternal. So what does Jesus say? He says, I didn't come just to give you life, but I came to give you life abundantly. Life beyond comparison to anything this life can offer you. And that life is eternal. And it's a gift for each and every one of us. Well, the second thing here is that if we believe that our lives are sure, but God has promised us an eternity and we are to live on purpose, then we'll be courageous because of this gift. Listen to what he says in verses five through seven. He says, he who has prepared us, I would circle that part right there. He has prepared us for this very thing is God who has given us the spirit as a guarantee. So we are always of good courage. We know that while we are at home in the body, we are away from the Lord. For we walk by faith and not by sight. Those few verses right there ought to put something in us that words just can't describe. And the best word that I can think of is, is courage. This, this aspect of, of being bold and brave in our faith. See, because life is a gift and it's precious. And this life was meant to be lived on purpose for God's will. And because God is preparing us and because God has given us, we should be courageous. We should be bold in our faith. Even to the degree where we, he says, walk by faith, not by sight. Just because we see the affliction, just because we see the turmoil, just because we see the pain, doesn't mean we stop walking. Doesn't mean we stop being courageous. No, he says, don't worry about what's in front of you. He says, trust me. Walk by faith. Keep moving, keep going. Be courageous because of what I've given you. I don't know if you realize this morning, but you are being prepared for great things. Whether, whether you're a, a, an elementary, middle school, high school, 20-something, all the way on up, 
God is preparing you for something great. I hope you hear that this morning. I hope you see that. His promise is right here. Paul says, he who has prepared us for this very thing, who has given us the spirit as a guarantee. Do you believe that this morning? Do you believe that God has prepared you and is preparing you for something great? I'll tell you, I do. (laughs) I believe that. I do. I believe it. So because God created you for a purpose, God created you for a plan. I'm going to pick on my mom for a moment here. It's because she's my mom and I can. My, My mom experienced some things at an early age that would change someone's life either for the good or for the bad. My mom went through different things in her life and I won't be specific about it, but she had a tough life growing up. She had a tough life even in her early 20s and and being married and a lot of things happened, a lot of affliction in her life. And through every moment of that, through, through every affliction that I was able to witness and see that happened in my mom's life, I saw God preparing her. And you know what? My mom did great things. My mom does great things. The Bible says I can brag on another man, just so you know. So she didn't pay me for this, by the way. But, but I will tell you, and I'm picking on my mom just because I can, the, the fact of the matter of no matter what you've gone through, no matter what you've been through, God is preparing you for great things. And in your mind, you might think, well, well, I'll never get in front of anybody and share the gospel. I'll never speak this way or do this or, or really even ever be on a cover of a magazine or anything like that. So how do you say that I'm going to do great things? Well, I'll tell you what. God, God thinks I'm great. And, and the reason why I know that is because he gave me a mama that prayed for me every single day. He gave me a family that loves me in a way that changes me. See, God did great things in them so he could do great things in me. God's doing great things in you so he can do great things through others. God is preparing you for greatness. You just have to believe that. You just have to trust that and know that God is at work. He is doing what he's doing because he loves you and he wants you to walk by faith, not by sight. That's the hard part to think about. That's the hard part when we go through these tough moments is to understand that God is at work and he's preparing us. See, when we trust in the goodness of this gift of eternal life, it'll make us courageous. It'll make us stronger. Listen to what it says in 2 Corinthians verses 14 and 15 in our chapter. I love this part because it's a great reminder as he's sharing the gospel, he's talking about eternal life, being reconciled. He says this, for the love of Christ controls us. Did you catch that? For the love of Christ controls us because we have concluded this, that one has died for all, therefore all have died. And he died for all that those who live might no longer live for themselves, but for him who for their sake died and was raised. Verse 15, that those who live 
because of Christ, might, not, n- might no longer live for themselves, but for him who for, the, for their sake died and was raised. My mom, all the influences that I had in my life, they understood that passage. That Christ died for all. So now that they live for eternity, they no longer live for themselves. They live to serve others because of who Jesus Christ is, because of this great gift that we've been given. See, the love of Christ is what creates in us this courage, this courage to stop living for ourselves, but to start living for Christ. The old is gone, the new has come. Life has begun because we have Jesus Christ and it's his love that controls us. I just love that part of it. The aspect of, of Christ's love controlling us. What, what do you think that, that looks like in a person's life? What would be a good example of, of Christ's love controlling someone? I think we're given a, a great example of that in 1 Corinthians 13. You know, because we think about greatness, we think about big things. And 1 Corinthians 13 tells us that, that we can do a lot of great things. We can prophesy, we can do all kinds of stuff, but we, if we do it without love, we're just a bunch of noisemakers. See, Christ's love has to control us. 2 Corinthians excuse me, 4, chapter 5. It says, for what we proclaim is not ourselves, but Jesus Christ as Lord, with ourselves as your servants for Jesus' sake. What we proclaim is not ourselves, but Jesus Christ as Lord, with ourselves as your servants for Jesus' sake. See, there's power that creates courage in the goodness of Jesus Christ, in the love and the hope that he offers each and every person. I want you to hear what C.S. Lewis says about courage. So I just, I found this quote and I just thought it was perfect because I think a lot of times when we, we face the, the hardest times in life, we, we think we can't have courage or courage is something that we don't really think about in those moments. But listen to what he says. He says, courage is not simply one of the virtues but the form of every virtue at the testing point. Did you catch that? Courage is not just one of the virtues. It's the form of every virtue at that testing point. See, in the moments of those inflictions, we point and we look to the gift that God has given us in this life. Well, last thing here that I have for us this morning as we understand that our lives are short, that we're just here for a moment, and that God wants us to to live on purpose, and that we can be courageous because we know that we have a hope, that we have an eternity to look forward to, is that we can live our lives on purpose. Verses 9 and 10, he says, So whether we are at home or away, we make it our aim to please him. For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ so that each one may receive what is due for what he has done in the body, whether good or evil. 
I think this is where it kind of gets a little tricky for us when we think about living on purpose or living with purpose. And I want us to be clear on this. See, your purpose in life is not your vocation. Your purpose in life is not your vocation. Your purpose is your ministry. Did you catch that? See, this is what Paul is telling us here. See, your job is important, but let's not confuse it with what God has established as being your purpose in life. See, God has given you that job so that you can do ministry. And that ministry is your purpose. So that's why he says, we make it our aim to please him because we're all gonna sit in the presence of God. You know, the Bible teaches us that every knee will bow, every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. Everyone that you work with, everyone that you do business with, everyone that you see at Walmart, they will all be in the presence of God at one point or another. Remember, eternity is for everyone. See, your ministry is your purpose. Those that you work with, those that you do life with, your family members, your coworkers, whoever they are, that's your ministry. Now, I remember a couple months ago, uh, Alan shared a message with us in, in our summer series. And uh, one of the things that, that uh, and, and I'm so thankful for our pastors, that how they, they pour into me and how they teach me and they pastor me and they help me on my journey. But one of the things that Pastor Alan shared with me that, that I'll probably hold on for the rest of my life, he was talking about how Jesus sent the disciples back out to fish and the disciples were, you know, know-it-alls like we are all know-it-alls, you know. Hey, this is my job, Jesus. You know, I know what to do. Don't tell me where to fish, how to fish, how to do it. Well, the, Jesus, we know the story, right? Jesus sends the disciples back out, says, hey, go fish, but fish on the other side of the boat. And Pastor Allen did a, a great job of helping us to understand what our ministry is and how that sometimes we're, we're fishing on the wrong side of the boat. We're, we're doing ministry where we really shouldn't be. We're serving where we shouldn't be. And Jesus is telling us to serve on the other side of the boat, and yet we... We, we don't want to listen because we think we have it figured out. And just maybe sometimes when we think about our purpose in life, maybe we're fishing on the wrong side of the boat. Maybe we're, we're seeing it wrong. Maybe we need to start listening to what Jesus is telling us and say, hey, you know what? You can still fish and you'll still be provided for through your vocation. But you might need to think about fishing on the other side. And watch what I'll do if you listen to me. Walk by faith, not by sight. See, in 2 Corinthians 5.20, he says this, and I think this is an important aspect of thinking about our purpose in life. He says, therefore, we are ambassadors for Christ. God making his appeal through us. We implore you, that's a strong word right there, We implore you on behalf of Christ, be reconciled to God. See, Paul is saying we are ambassadors for Christ. We are representatives for Christ. It is God making his appeal through you and I to the world around us. He is using us for ministry in our vocation. And he says it to this degree. We implore you on behalf of Christ. 
That's a pretty powerful word if you think about it. We implore you on behalf of Christ to be reconciled to God. See, this is your purpose in life, to help people be reconciled to God, to share the gospel of Jesus Christ, to help them understand what it means to live in faith, to walk by faith, to accept and receive this this eternal gift of life. But I don't think we understand that or we're willing to share that until we personally have that. See, when we truly understand that that this life is precious and 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 it's short, there's no question. My mom warned me, you're gonna get old, Floyd. (laughs) I'm still arguing with her though, putting up a good fight. But the fact of the matter is that, that life is short. We have a few brief moments. And if we're going to live this in according or in accordance to God's purposes, then, then we have to listen to what God is telling us. And, and, and he's, he's using us to implore, to, 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 to plead, to, to, to beg, to, to offer this reconciliation. And reconciliation is just simply to be restored to God. To, to accept Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. To say, I have sinned, I have fallen short, I missed the mark. But there is someone that loved me so much that he died on a cross so that I could have eternal life. Amen to that? So together as ambassadors, as representatives, let's share this gift of life. Let's understand the value that has been placed on life. See, remember, if we think about the Genesis story, we we think about what God did for you and I. He gave us his breath. He breathed life into us. What a beautiful thing that we breathe God's breath. God created us specifically with a purpose and a plan and God wants to use us. I, I just want to go back to verses 18 and 19 as we close. I'm going to read them again. He says, All this is from God, who through Christ reconciled us to himself and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. That is, in Christ, God was reconciling the world to himself not counting their trespasses against them and entrusting to us the message of reconciliation. You live as an ambassador, as a representative of who God is. Will you hold this hope of life eternal in your hands and be courageous with it? Let's pray together and let's ask God for the strength to do just that. Father, we thank you this morning for your love and for your grace. Father, we thank you for just how you've shown us your son, Jesus Christ, how you've revealed to us the things that you have for us, Father. Father, this morning, my heart is just filled with gratitude. Gratitude for the hope and the love and the grace that you've offered me. Father, I I pray that this morning that that hope and that love and that faith, Father, would resonate to the world around us. Father, that that we would be ambassadors of the gospel, that we would be representatives of who Jesus Christ is by living lives that are reflective of who you are, that we would offer this love and this hope to everyone that we come in contact with, Father. 
that this precious gift of life, that, that we would share it with the world around us. Father, there are many that need to hear this hope. There are many that, that need to know this hope. So Father, we just lift those up to you, Father. Those that, that are far from you, those that maybe not understand who you are right now in these moments. Father, I, I pray that as we have opportunity to share this love and this grace with those that we care so deeply about, that you care so deeply about, Father, that we would be courageous. Father, that we would be bold in sharing this love. And as we share that, Father, that our lives would be reflective of it. Father, that we would be a light to this world, a beacon set on a hill, so that we might bring glory to you, Father, so that others might know what it means to have this new life. Father, thank you for, for every heart that's here. I pray this morning that if there's anyone here that just needs to take that next step of faith, that they need to, to move towards understanding that you are offering them eternal life through your son, Jesus Christ. I, I just want to pray with us, and, and you can pray this prayer, but truly, truly believe it. Father, forgive us of our sins. Forgive us of the things that we've done wrong. Father, wash us and cleanse us of our unrighteousness. Father, we come before you and we confess with our mouths and we believe in our hearts that Jesus Christ is Lord, that Jesus died on a cross to pay the price for our sins. Father, this morning we believe that Jesus is the Savior of the world, that you sent your Son, that you loved us so much that you sent him so that whoever would believe in him could have eternal life, this free gift of salvation. It's not because we've done something good or because we can do something good, Father, but it's because of your goodness and your love for us. So, Father, this morning, we believe in that. We trust in that, and we look to that. Father, we believe it with all our hearts, and we trust you and know that you are faithful in all things. Father, as we sing this next song, I just pray that we would, each and every one of us, take a moment to examine our own hearts, to examine our own lives, and just to hear from you, to listen to you, Father, that you might move in us in a way that would change us and help us to become the people that you've called us to be. Lord, we thank you for these moments. We thank you for this time. We thank you for this life. And we pray that you would guide us and lead us in every moment. And we ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening, and we pray you were blessed by today's message. You're invited to worship with us Sunday mornings at 10 a.m. For directions and information about Soul Rio and our weekly events, please visit our website at soulrio.com. You may also contact us by phone at area code 505 792 8737 or email us at info at soulrio.com At Soul Rio, we're a community of followers of Jesus Christ committed to live by faith to be known by love and to be a voice of hope to our community We invite you to go with us on this journey